In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today I'm going to talk about trust and authority. In our scripture readings, we encounter Moses and Jesus. In Deuteronomy, Moses is teaching near the end of his ministry. And in Mark's gospel, Jesus is teaching near the beginning of his ministry. First, Moses. The scene is his final address to the people of Israel as they gather on the banks of the River Jordan, preparing to embark on something new. After their escape from slavery uh, in Egypt, the people had spent 40 years wandering in the desert. 40 years. That's a long time. I mean, half of you weren't born 40 years ago. And the reason why they had spent so long wandering in the desert, because it's not actually that far from Egypt to, to the promised land. The reason was... Sadly, their disobedience and their lack of faith, their lack of trust. And it needn't have been that way. You know, not long after they had crossed the Red Sea, Moses had sent spies to check out the promised land. And when they came back, they brought mixed reviews. Caleb and Joshua said, this place is amazing. We have to do it. We must go forward. For God is giving us a land flowing with milk and honey. The rest, and there were a lot more of them, agreed it was a good land. But they said, we can't possibly go in. It's full of giants and we don't stand a chance. And so they didn't. And so there followed 40 years in the wilderness. But at last they're on the brink of entering into God's promises. Moses is about to leave them. He's at the end of his life, and he will not be the one to lead them into the promised land. Amongst those people, young and old, there must have been such a mixture of feelings and emotions. I bet there was excitement, anticipation, and very likely a little nervousness. How will they manage without Moses? What will the new place be like? What will the future hold? I wonder, do you ever have questions like that? Silly question, okay. I'm sure we all have from time to time. Perhaps because we're going to take on a new job or some new responsibility. There are times in our lives when we're called upon to do something new or different or uncertain. And when we find ourselves in such situations, there is a danger that we'll either wimp out or panic In our haste to find answers to all the doubts and questions, we can be tempted to take our eyes off God and look for guidance elsewhere. But God wanted the people of Israel back then and us still today to trust him and him alone. Listen to what Moses had to say to the people of Israel. He addresses their fears and reassures them. The Lord God will... Raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. It was not the end of the world that Moses was going to die. God was not going to abandon them. As unique, as special, and as wonderful as Moses was, God promised his people an even better prophet. There would be some similarities between Moses and this better prophet, 
But the coming prophet would be even more one of a kind than Moses. Like Moses, God would choose him personally. Like Moses, he would, he would be from God's people. Like Moses, he would speak God's word. But he would do all of this better than Moses. Now, for us, as we uh, read this today, looking back, we know, of course, that this new and better prophet was, of course, Jesus. But as is so often the case with Old Testament pronouncements and prophecies, they get fulfilled more than once. For immediately after Moses, there came Joshua. And he was the one to lead the people into the promised land. And after Joshua, there followed many other good and faithful prophets. But their final prophet was Jesus. But here's the thing. When Moses is saying this to the assembled throngs, they don't know that. They don't know what is to come. All they knew was that they were going to have to manage without Moses and they were shortly to be making a move into new territory. You know, very often, we may only know what the next thing to do is. What is the next step for us? You know, sometimes I wish God would give us a complete roadmap of all that lies ahead, but only sometimes, and less so as I get older, for in my wiser and more reflective moments, I'm pretty sure I couldn't handle it if he did. Knowing myself as I do, I suspect I'd probably argue with God or suggest better alternative routes. But let's consider this with a very practical analogy. Let's apply this principle of trusting God for the next step, trusting God for the future, by looking at where we are as a church today. Here at Ascension, we are standing on the edge of doing a new thing. Next week, we begin our new pattern of worship on Sunday mornings. How are you feeling about that? Excited? Can't wait? apprehensive, a little anxious, not so sure, or maybe all of the above. Or we could apply this principle of trusting God for the future as we face other uncertainties in our life together. Again, let's be very specific. How long will we be able to continue to worship God in this building? I hope for us and future generations for as long as it stands or until the Lord comes again. But I don't know that. I have nothing new to report. But we know that there are those in the Episcopal Church who believe they have a claim on this property. And it is in times of uncertainty or times of transition, such as those that we are frankly in, that we can be at our most vulnerable. And I just want to kind of flag that up. One of our problems is that we want all the answers and we want them yesterday. At least I know that's often how I feel. We want to know who will come next Sunday at 9 and 11. We want to know whether we truly have heard correctly from God in this matter. We want to know with certainty that the buildings titled in the name of Ascension are truly entrusted to us to be good stewards of for many years to come. Now, as an aside, I want to underline just how well I believe this parish is being served at this time in both of these areas of uncertainty. You know, it has been wonderful and encouraging to see so many people stepping forward to 
serve in so many ways to make this new pattern of worship take off next week. Many have stepped forward to serve as Sunday school teachers or to help us ushers or intercessors, readers and chalice bearers, etc., etc. Thank you to all of you who have filled out one of those bright pink sheets we've had for the last uh, few weeks. Today there's a blue sheet. It's a lot shorter than the pink sheet. And the blue sheet, you don't have to look at it now, is just the areas where we've still got some gaps. But it's a much shorter list. And on the building's front, we have so much to be thankful for. We have first-class legal advice and a commitment among the leadership to keep our eyes fixed, first and foremost, on the mission of the church rather than on possible legal matters. But in our own lives, we want to know all kinds of things. Maybe you want to know how the stock market will do this year, or you want to know how your health will be. Perhaps you want to know if or when you're going to get married, or if and when you'll find a job or house, or, and you can fill in the blank. The reality is, Not one of us knows the future. And yet, the truth remains that God has given us all that we need. And consequently, what we must do is trust him. God had brought the people of Israel out of slavery and had been with them despite their complaining, despite their disobedience throughout those 40 years wandering in the desert. And he wasn't about to abandon them right on the eve of their entering into the promised land. Well, guess what? Nor does he abandon his people today. God has not brought new life and growth at ascension without a purpose. And we can be sure and have every confidence that he will continue to lead us through the coming weeks and months and years. Now, as Moses rehearsed God's laws and how he had led the people of Israel, he was not merely giving a state of uh, the nation address or some pep rally. Rather, he spoke as one having authority. You know, today I think we're living in an age where very often there is a spiritual and moral authority vacuum. Where are the voices of authority today? Where where are the voices of authority in politics, for example? Is it in the office of the president or Congress or the Supreme Court? Well, yes, it is. But these symbols of power and authority have certainly taken a pounding in recent years. Two weeks ago, an ABC Washington Post poll showed that 84% of Americans disapproved of the way Congress is handling its job. Now, I have no interest or intention to stray into party politics from the pulpit. Maybe later, but not now. (laughs) But I think in this presidential election year and amidst the current fevered primary season of debates and campaigns, many people are feeling jaded or cynical and wonder who they can really trust. Who today speaks with real authority? You know, 50 years ago... People in this nation would have had significant respect for the authority of the church and for the authority of the Bible. Today, that is manifestly not the case. You know, the new atheists seem to want to hearken back to a rigid black and white enlightenment way of thinking 
and tell us they deal in facts and truth. And anyone who believes in God is at best to be pitied as rather ignorant or at worst to be opposed as a danger to society. Most people today, however, don't deal in such certainties and are content for everyone to be a law unto themselves. We live in a culture where everyone wants to be their own expert and everyone wants to be their own authority. You believe what you want to believe, I believe what I want to believe, and eh, we'll see what happens. And it is into this vacuum that all kinds of prophets and gurus and experts pour out their philosophies and suggestions. Believe in yourself. Live a more disciplined life. Opt out. Climb to the top. Do it your way. There's no shortage of competing and contradictory advice from the experts. But what are we to make of all this? Who are we to look to for authority and wisdom? The message of God through Moses to the people of Israel was that they should look and trust in God. They should look to him for the future and listen only to the true prophets that God would raise up. And the message for us today is that we too must trust God for the future and we must listen to the words of Jesus the one of whom Moses prophesied. And in our gospel reading this morning, we see an extraordinary vignette that illustrates the authority of Jesus. The scribes and the Pharisees were pinning their hopes on keeping all the rules and seeking to live a perfect life. But their power, rules, and structures didn't for a moment equate to real authority. So Mark tells us that Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. While he doesn't tell us here what it was that he taught, we know from the wider context, just a few verses before and in general, that Jesus taught that the kingdom of God was at hand and that all should repent and believe in the good news. But whatever the precise teaching that Jesus gave in that synagogue at Capernaum, Did you notice what happened? They, the people, were astounded at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. His very presence was authoritative. But his authority was not like that of a dictator pounding the podium. No, Jesus came to bring freedom. Freedom from all that would oppress Freedom from sin, freedom from guilt, freedom from addiction, freedom from shame, freedom from the forces of evil. And that's what we see powerfully demonstrated in this account. As Jesus is teaching, a man interrupts and yells, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Here, surprisingly perhaps, given the source, was someone who recognized Jesus' authority. We shouldn't actually be surprised. The Bible teaches us that the demons believe in God and shudder. And well they might. In the synagogue at Capernaum, Jesus commanded the unclean spirit to be silent and to come out of him. 
Verse 26, and the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. Now, today, some people read this account and try and explain it away. Perhaps this man was simply emotionally disturbed or mentally ill. After all, we don't really believe in demons today, do we? Aren't we more sophisticated than that? Perhaps, but we only fool ourselves if we fail to recognize the reality of the forces of evil in our world. If we want to find answers to the rising violence and breakdown in authority in our society, then we would do well to heed the words of the scriptures. In his letter to the Ephesians, St. Paul writes this, Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You know, there are so many ways that the demonic can have a hold on us. At a personal level, we encounter evil thoughts, desires, behaviors that prevent us from being who God would have us be. At a structural level, we may encounter economic or political forces that in fact are evil in the ways in which they enslave and oppress. We would be wise to take the demonic seriously and respect the impact that evil can have on our lives. Now, having said that, we need not be immobilized with fear. Jesus is much, much, much more powerful than any demon. He has the power and the authority over every evil force. So how are we to respond to all this? Well, perhaps we should start by asking ourselves, who or what has authority over my life? Is it your work? Is it your self-image? Is it your family? Or is it Jesus? Who do you turn to for help in times of uncertainty? The warning of Moses to the people of Israel all those years ago was not to go chasing after false prophets and false solutions. And the challenge before us today is to put our whole trust in Christ. Who or what will you depend on? Who will you trust? Look to Jesus. He has real authority. He is the one who knows you and loves you and gave his life for you. Trust him. Listen to him. Follow him. And obey him. Amen.